Hello and welcome to Walk in the Shadowlands podcast. Let me be your guide as we take a walk into the shadowy realms of the unexplained, the paranormal, of things that go bump in the night and haunt your dreams. Your host? I'm Marianne. And I would like to welcome you to our podcast. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, today, whatever time it is, wherever you are living in this beautiful world of ours. So sit back, relax, and let me be your guide as we walk into the Shadowlands together and discover what awaits us there. In today's episode, I have a guest who's very well known in the States, not so well known in this part of the world, but doubtless that's about to change. A very interesting woman to listen to, and I found her sense of humour so funny. But before I get to introduce her, I have just a couple of things I need to say to you all. I've been having a few health issues for a while now, and I need to take some time out away from the amount of time these podcast episodes take to research, voice and produce, but I don't want to leave you all with nothing to listen to during this time period. So from next week, I'm going to play for you all my top 10 most listened to episodes, counting down from number 10 to number 1. This will give me a chance to focus on my health and so I don't have to stop producing them because honestly, I love creating them all for you. But I need to take this time for myself for now and that includes on social media as well. So I'll only be posting on Instagram and Twitter perhaps once or twice a week instead of every day as it's so time and energy consuming. I'll return after this break ready to hit the ground running with some brand new episodes and hopefully interesting content for you all. So, for now, are you ready to walk with me into this part of the Shadowlands and see what awaits us there? Let me tell you a wee bit about my guest, Katrosha Ona Carol, otherwise known as K.O., and as the Queen of the Paranormal. I've had to cut her resume down a bit as it's incredibly impressive and very long. So you can see a link to her full resume from the podcast website www.walkingtheshadowlands.com and this episode's page. Kao travels the globe giving lectures, making appearances, doing reading and healings and sharing her vast paranormal knowledge. She's made comic book history by becoming the first person to be a comic book superhero doing what she does in real life between the pages of a comic book. Comic historian Brian Morris plus comic book publication owner Charles Messant of Silver Phoenix Entertainment confirm K.O. is the first in comic book history to be a comic book superhero doing what she does in real life. Her historic comic book status debut was in Haunted Tales of Bachelors Grove. Given this fact, she has brought the paranormal industry mainstream with her accomplishment. She is the real deal of comic book superheroes. Stories carried in the Huffington Post, New Hampshire Magazine, Telegraph, New Hampshire Chronicle Television Show and more, along with many, many news media outlets. Her new comic book is Katrosha Una, Queen of the Paranormal in The Healing. 
K.O. is part of Warner Brothers Motion Picture History with her contribution to the 40th anniversary of The Exorcist DVD on Blu-ray. She travels the globe representing the paranormal industry. K.O. hosts Paranormal 13 News and P13N Radio on the Galaxy Global TV Network, Roku plus many more and in 195 countries, 50 states. Comcast, Big South and in airport television services worldwide. Since P13N's debut, it's won an award for being the fastest growing paranormal news formatted program since its debut, says Galaxy Global Television's network. Paranormal 13 News is the first paranormal program to be seen on airport television. K.O. is currently collaborating on a children's book with the legendary Bull Diamond of Jim Henson and the Muppets. She played a pivotal cameo role in the Toxic Tutu movie, a movie continuation of the world-acclaimed occult horror classic Toxic Avenger. She starred in the silent film Silent Times, in which she won an award for her role of Madame Leonora and was featured in Broadway World magazine. She starred as Cece Carroll in over 85 Cece the Huntress paranormal adventure episodes for broadcast and cablecast, WNDs and New England Cable Television. She's the author of Ghosts and Legends of the Merrimack Valley for History Press's Haunted America series and Ghosts of the New Hampshire Seacoast. Queen of the Paranormal, K.O. is a pop culture icon, an actress, author, radio, TV personality, part of the Exorcist Legacy, humanitarian and 10 times Paranormal Awards winner. She's made her mark with her vast expertise hunting with crew members of popular TV shows such as Ghost Hunters and Ghost Hunters International to name a few. She's considered one of the best in the paranormal field with decades of experience. She's the only paranormal celebrity of modern times to be inducted in the Paranormal Hall of Fame organisation. Currently, she's the paranormal expert of the greatest ghost show on earth, toppling 65 million combo monthly audience with Jimmy Starr and Ron Russell from The Jimmy Starr Show and Alan Shapiro of The Huffington Post, President of the New England Hall of Fame and Representative in New Hampshire for the International Blue Society Hall of Fame. This is my guest, Kadrosha Ona Carroll, Queen of the Paranormal. in the paranormal um, many, many years ago. I'd have to say that I was born into it uh, because of my um, grandmother and my great-grandmother and a whole bunch of generations before them of dream interpreters, um, spirit communicators. I, I honestly grew up uh, in a Polish bilingual household of thinking that everybody had this ability until we moved away um, to another state, another community. And I realized very quickly that people didn't have that ability to be able to interpret dreams or uh, forecast something that may be happening. And um, it kind of, you know, uh, we moved up north 
uh, and I, I, I'm not going to say I'm from the South, but I have a bit of a Southern accent. And that's because my dad, I was in the, the army and we, I was like an army brat, traveled all around. And anyways, um, I got involved in the paranormal um, at a very, very young age. I would have to say I was born into it. Um, I came from a Polish a bilingual household and uh, did a lot of growing up in the South. I was an army brat. Um, and come out north, I realized that uh, in high school that no one had this ability. I thought we were all like this. And clearly, uh, I was wrong. And But then again, you know, parents in time, uh, because, you know, kids would make fun of me or whatever, because, you know, I was uh, from the South. I wasn't a Yankee and all this stuff. And um, But the parents saw the ability. And a few parents would ask me um, – what can I see? What can I feel? Um, I have a dream. I got this, I got that. And lo and behold, I, instead of calling it, I just accepted it and embraced it and just went forward that way. So I have to say many years, many generations, but I was taught well as I had my, um, my grandmothers all before me, whether they were Russian, Polish, Lithuanian, they were all engaged in spirit communication and um, all that. Right, so you were very fortunate that you had people to support your growth and your understanding in that area. So many people don't, so that's probably been a huge benefit to you to get you where you are now. Yeah, I, it was a very good benefit. My my mother wasn't involved in it, but she would always ask me questions, you know, about dreams, about this, about that, and um, but. Um, we have a funny story. When my grandmother got very old, my bacha, uh, she would uh, we'd call her up and tell her something, or she'd you know interpret a dream. And she says, "What are you What are you going to do when I die? Are you going to put a phone in the casket? <laughs> you put a phone in the coffin?" And I'm like, "Yeah, that's a great idea." <laughs> so uh, th- that's I think of that all the time when my daughter comes to me and she'll say, "Oh, mom." What does this mean, or or whatever? And um, I would interpret it for her. And now I find myself saying the same thing. What are you going to do? Put a phone in my casket? I said, Oh my God! I sound like my grandmother. <laughs> that's pretty funny. That is funny. Oh, that's funny. And that's so normal, isn't it? That we find ourselves repeating what we've been told when we were kids. Yes, yes. Because it works. I mean, you know, death is inevitable. So, and we don't want to be like terribly humorous about it, but it was pretty damn funny, you know? So when I do go to her grave, I'm going, hello, hello, can you hear me? You know? and so we, we kind of like have this joke at the graveside, uh, you know, when I go to visit over there. Anyway, that's all there is about that. But that's really funny. And, and it's really nice that you had that relationship with your grandmother like that, because yes. it's something that's really valuable yeah many many women um i don't know if that's a girl thing or what but uh girls don't get along with girls much i guess and from what i i hear or you know people will will tell me says you know you and your daughter are like you're like sisters you're like always together always doing things and we've never had even an argument nothing um I, I don't know why. I uh, it's just the way it is. Uh, we work together. She handles social media, and she has a job. And um, but now I'm just 
you know, I guess maybe I'm easy to get along with, but I do hear the horror stories and I pray for the people who can't see their grandkids or can't see this or that daughter moved away and won't talk to her. And I'm like, I've never had to experience that with my children. And I just pray I, I never do, you know, and pray for the ones that, you know, have had situations that they get resolved. Right. Yeah, that's pretty awful, isn't it? I have um, three children myself. Only one of them lives in New Zealand at the moment. The other two are overseas. Um, no. My daughters are overseas, so I don't get to see them very often. And I just have a brand new, well, not so brand new now, grandbaby, my first grandchild in Australia. But we all have a pretty good relationship. And it's something you work at, isn't it? It's yeah. the communication being the key. I think so. And we have this thing, the WhatsApp, because she's got a different phone than me, so we can't do FaceTime. But anyways, <clears throat> she only lives a town away. She's like 10 minutes away. And mm-hmm. um, we talk and talk. But she does have an ability, like I did and growing up, but she does not want to embrace it. She'd rather ask mommy about it mm-hmm. and, um, and like that. So, But we do work as a family when it comes to the products we sell here at queenoftheparanormal.com, the books we write the things we do, the costume we wear, the whole comic book thing, um, and the different shows and the movies and everything we do, we take the product, the queen of the paranormal, and we have meetings all the time. Wow, and when we cool. go to a Comic-Con, we say, okay, what is the product? And that's how we, that's, it's like mom's the product, but it really is a product to, to go forward as it's trademark and to sell and continue to grow. Um, so that's a good training instead of, you know, uh, oh, mom's the queen of the paranormal with an eagle, like up the year. Um, I, I don't have that. We have reinforcement and a structured business right from home, whether it's my husband, my kids, um, you know, like that, we always run things by each other. So we all are on the same page. Oh, that's really awesome. And it's good training for them as well. And, you know, it's a too many people who have, abilities and skills don't necessarily use them in the best way that they can and it's and you're obviously doing everything that because you are you are a business right we are a business and that's how we're structured and that's fun but I mean I am a real person yeah absolutely. I really do these things that's why they say the real deal and um, I'm very approachable um, and people can talk to me. I like to share the paranormal, all aspects, whether it's UFOs, cryptozoology, folklore, myths, all of that in a different manner. Comic books, we all have the same message. Mm-hmm. It's positivity. It's healing, whether it's through music, mm-hmm. through the different things I do with music, uh, promoting children's books with the, the people from um, – you know, Jim Henson's world with the Muppets. Right. I'm doing two books and they're hard hitting subjects, but they're done in a palatable manner that children can understand and take away a positive message, even though it's about bullying, even though it's about abuse uh, and hard topics like that. These are for, you know, kindergartners up to probably fourth grade. Right. And um, everything we do, we put healing and positive message into it and that's what we do in the movies that's what we do with everything uh, for the queen of the paranormal instead of just running around like a, a haunted house or haunted whatever and you know did you hear that did you hear that uh, no I did not hear that right. um, we're trying to you know lecture 
the paranormal on a different level, make it more mainstream and more acceptable when it comes to healing, praying, and positive energy. And positivity always saves the day, uh, not some ghost uh, that you've got to dress up in a militia outfit and all the stuff to go chase a ghost. Yeah. What are you going to do, shoot it? That's <laughs> stupid. They can go to the damn wall, you know? I just think, you know, I love the television shows. They're all hokey. And yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say they're fake. They were based on a good theory and a good principle. But in order to sell and get your commercial and all all your stuff like that, you, you got to do what the producers want. And you can't film a, you know, it, it's just a reality of it. They're filming five to eight days in the same clothes, making it look like one night. Right. I don't think that's real. Yeah. I think it's fun entertainment. Yeah. But as far as being absolutely real, no. And um, that's how, that's my take on it. I try to take the real aspect of it and take it to the people, to the general public, not some click on Facebook that happens to follow a particular, you know, ghost hunting program. Right. Yeah, Yeah. I'm absolutely with you about those shows. And I run a paranormal investigation group here in New Zealand. And I was approached by uh, my team and I were approached by a company that was doing a documentary series in New Zealand. And sure. they phoned Excellent. us. They phoned us for one night. So I know how they work behind the scenes. And it really, like I, I had television experience before, but to see them do that, you know, it just really, I always knew that the paranormal shows were, you know, just entertainment pretty much. Yeah, but pretty much. But to see what they do is quite an eye-opener, actually. Yeah, and... Um... I don't know. I just, I like to, to have a more real approach and a more general public approach uh, than like these, I don't know who these groups are, or these Facebook famous people right. that no one knows who they are. You walk down Main Street, nobody knows who they are, you know, yeah. but in their little Facebook group, people know who they are. That's cool. They can all yeah. stay over there. But I'm more for the general public and uh, I do it on a, a global basis on, with the different things that I do. Right. Just, just a d- different concept, a different way of doing things, but still sharing the paranormal. And that's what's really important. That is what it's important. And obviously for you, your music background has been a big benefit to you in helping you feel comfortable out in the public. I would have to say so. I've been uh, playing the guitar and singing since I was 12 years old. Uh, I got a guitar for my birthday and I didn't know how to play it. And my mother shoved me into the folk mass at the Catholic church and they had rehearsals and they taught me how to play it. Yeah. And um, from there I would do the folk masses and then the little like youth coffee houses uh, that we had. And uh, one thing led to another. I met a gentleman who was a good sound man. And because of his ability, he, um, was taken on the road with a band called uh, Joe Cocker. We all know Joe. Right. And uh, God bless him. He passed away. He was a great guy. And um, this gentleman that I dated, uh, he went from being a roadie to a sound man. And I learned all the music. And one day I, I took the stage uh, because one girl was sick. I didn't take the stage all the time. I sang with him a lot in the car too, but um, I was able to do that. So now I can say I did that. And uh, same thing with the Rolling Stones. When you have the, um, you know, different concerts and things, I, the guy I was with again, 
uh, was in a position to do the sound, do this and that. And I got up on the stage and, and uh, did back up for a couple of the songs. And so now I can say that. Uh, Bobby Vinton, same thing. I mean, I, um, I love him. And same with him there at the Chateau de Ville in Framingham, Massachusetts, uh, many years ago. And the list goes on. I just did singing, was in my own bands and things. But I do believe that music has a healing aspect. I mean, for thousands of years, yes, yes. Native Americans, um, and, and just everybody in general, used music to soothe. Parents would hum lullabies. Mm. And, you know, on and on, it, you know, it has such a calming and, and beneficial effect. Um, so that's why I like to incorporate music and fun things into what I do. It, it's, for me, it's very important um, to do that. And I work with a I'm, I'm not employed by them, but I have been privy to be able to work with them called My Jam Music Television. And they, they're bigger than MTV. They're all over the world with Simul TV. And um, I've been able to help them, you know, coordinate benefits and things when it comes to music because of my background. People don't realize that. But um, I try to use the musical aspect in every single thing I do, whether it's at Comic-Con, take the stage with the band that's playing. Um, sometimes I have like a karaoke box on my table and we all sing and dance by my appearing table um, because it brings good, healthy energy. It and does. that's important. Mm -hmm. That's important mm -hmm. to me to be able to heal people when they come to see me. Um, I don't do house calls anymore. That gets a little dangerous nowadays. And yes. uh, But I do invite people to come see me and uh, they will bring their children in wheelchairs. They will bring um, crippled animals. They will bring me everything and anything so I can heal them with energy. And it's a big responsibility. My heart breaks. But it's funny when, when you have a child or older child who has never showed any kind of emotion or excitement, all of a sudden the eyebrows go up and, and you can hear this <gasps> from them. And they're mm. animated and the mother's going, oh my God, I, have n I haven't seen this in years. He's just gone from one stage and just keeps going down, like degrading. And um, it, it, mm. it, it's sad, but sometimes you can take energy and breathe more life into them. And uh, I think that's extremely, and I do show those clips every now and then, um, but they're, they're hard. Um, that's a responsibility that people come to you expecting. And, you know, and I tell them healings do work. They do. They may not work the way you want them to, yeah, but yeah. they work. They may make your family more understanding to your plight. They may help you understand your situation better. They may heal you miraculously. I don't know. I've, I've had cases where a gentleman in a wheelchair, Richard Griffin Jr., um, I put my hands on him. He said instantly his legs felt a jolt of energy. Within two years, he was wheelchair bound. He's standing and walking. And I've gone to his home, you know, and put my hands on him again. Another woman, um, I'm not going to give her name, uh, but she, um, well, I can't give her name because I can't pronounce it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she had a massive body infection. No matter what they did, they couldn't fix it. And I'm like, well, I don't know. So I, I, I gave her an energy healing. And within 
a week, the infection started to abate and go away. And now she was infection-free without any antibiotics. And I do believe the principle is taking energy, almost like Reiki. And I'm a Reiki master now, oh gosh, decades. But to take that energy, similar to Reiki, and to put it into an individual, it stimulates cell growth, cell regeneration. It stimulates a lot of things. It's like when you get a cut or when you were young or you bang your leg and your mama rubs it and kisses it and rubs it, what is she doing? She's bringing Mm. heat to the area, energy to the area, to bring blood to the area, to heal it. This isn't like pie in the sky stuff. This is real medical science. If you think about it, that's what she's doing. Now, I suffer from a back ailment, and I had gone to physical therapy, and they put these electrodes on you, you know, and they they stick you with it. Well, energy from a human being, which they have been able to measure with a gentleman named Ed Edwards, which I'm going to have on on my TV show, uh, globally based, by the way, Paranormal 13 News, they measured this guy's energy. They really have. And he's exceptional. Well, we have energy. People can, when they come near me, they feel it. They're like, whoa, I can feel that. They're just walking by the table. But it's electric. So we, I put that energy into people, just like Mama Rubin, you know? And it brings healing energy to that particular area. And I've been um, able to, die, I'm not going to say diagnose, but see where there is a problem. Uh, A few years ago, I was at a very large Comic-Con, and I know you're aware of, like, all the drama with paranormal groups and this and that. And this particular gentleman uh, had a radio show, and he was a podcast, and he was going to do a hit job on me. And, Mm. of course, you know, I hear everything. They they let me know ahead of time. So They said, we don't have to have him at your table. I said, oh, no, I want him to be at my table. The minute he sat down at my table to do the podcast, I reached up and touched his neck. I said, you have a lump in your throat. You need to get that checked. How do you know? I can feel it and I can see the dark here. Mm. He got off from the table, went to the bathroom, came back. He said, I do have a lump. I didn't know that. And then he could feel energy and you feel all this stuff. Because I told him ahead of time and I said, don't ignore this. Go. Go to the doctor. He went. He had he had cancer. Wow. And they took it out, and now he's in remission. He said, had I waited, I would not have been able to have, you know, it's not a cure, but remission. Um, I wouldn't be able to have that. Hadn't you said something to me? So his so-called hit job turned into like a great advertisement for me, (laughs) you know, and we keep in touch all the time because he's just like shocked. I can't believe this. And I, and I tell I can't believe it either because people have different abilities. Some people can do dreams. Some people can take ghost photography. Some people can see an alien or an extraterrestrial Mm. because of like the aura they can, everybody has a different thing. Everybody can play chopsticks on a piano. Can you be a concert pianist? Two different things. So everybody has a different ability. And I think mine is with the healing and with the energy and actually a lot of stuff. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I welcome people who don't believe. I welcome to talk to me, uh, to come and see me at the the events that I do. And um, let's, let's sit down and talk about it. 
because I'm not here to make you a believer. I just want to understand what's making you not a believer. And well, that's an interesting that. perspective. That's a really interesting perspective. Yeah. Yeah, because there's always something, isn't there? Whether it's um, something that they've been told in their childhood or experiences that they've had that they fear, so they block it off. Right, right. And and you do hear a lot of people when they're in times of need, uh, praying to God, uh, praying to a grandmother <laughs> or a grandfather or thinking like, my dad, what would my dad say right now? Mm. I need help. I need to get through this problem. What will my dad do? And then you'll hear him. And that's how I tell people, he's right there. He's mm. guiding you. That mm. guidance um, from your dad, that's his spirit. His, his spirit is alive and well. Listen mm. to him and go forward with that. But then they still tell you, I don't believe in it. But they're praying, oh, help me, God. Oh, help me, help me. <laughs> so... Um, I just like to, again, converse with people, you know, to ask them, what is it that makes you not believe? Let, I'm not trying to talk you in anything, but why don't we talk about it? Right. What do you do? Good for you. That's really good. And I think that, like, educating people is really important because there's so much misinformation about paranormal, about spirituality, about the spirit realms that's out there the people right. with different agendas for whatever reason and so I think it's really important that that people like you are out there helping people to understand that it's nothing to be feared right and, and you know what uh I do go to schools I even go to preschools I bring my guitar we sing songs um I will be delivering books to preschools in my area when they come out uh from the the Disney, uh, excuse me, from the uh, Muppets uh, artists and puppeteers. Um, it For me to be able to share that knowledge of science instead of, oh my God, there's a ghost or close that closet door or the hand's going to come out from the wall or under the bed. That was my <laughs> grandmother. Can you believe I had to grow up like that? Oh my God. She would say, stay in that bed. Stay in that bed. You know? And I'd be yelling to my babcha, 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 which means come here. And the dobiaspach means right away. And I was always afraid that somebody would put their hand out from the wall or under the bed. Because uh. she would tell me that if I got out of that bed, that's what they grabbed me. They keep, <laughs> you know what? I should do that for my grandson. That'd keep him in line. <laughs> I love it. Oh, that's a bit mean, isn't it? Really scary. Yeah, yeah. Queen of the paranormal scared to death of something's under my damn bed. <laughs> I'm five years old. Why'd you do that to me? That's how you grow. So I try to tell the kids what we're doing is we're dealing in energy that remains. Everything mm-hmm. has energy and we have energy. And when our bodies go away, that energy that was there still is there. Right. So let's see if we can try to talk to it or communicate with it. It's not right. scary like that. Right. So that's how I go about teaching. And it's basic physics, isn't it? Energy never dies, never, it just simply changes form. Yeah, exactly. It's basic exactly. physics. Yeah. So, and and at, our, at our most basic level, we're simply energy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
Yeah, it's 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 just fantastic. Kids are like sponges; they're brains, you know. So if you can get them on the right track right away, that it's not something scary, and don't listen to your grandma. The things are going to come up under the bed or the closet <laughs> or the wall. I couldn't go near the wall either. I can't go to the wall of this day. I am an educated woman. I can sleep <laughs> on the wall, but no, I refuse to. I refuse. I want to go over here. So I can get up and go to the bathroom. You know how when you get older, you got to pee all the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. So I get up, I make excuses to my husband. I sleep on this side of the bed. I got to go over there. And as a man, he's like, well, why don't you sleep over near the wall? Because I'm going to protect you. Protect me from what? The hand? No. <laughs> my God. Oh, it's crazy. Okay. I used to have that, that exact fear as well. Except for me, it was from watching um, early vampire movies. I was kept to come through the wall and get me. It's <laughs> <laughs> funny. You should have a comedy show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, okay. So you, you're an, a, a very published author. You've got a number of really interesting books. Perhaps yes. you could talk us through some of your books like your um, one about the ghosts and legends of the Merrimack Valley. Merrimack that Valley. Was, yes. That was a book by History Press, and it was their very first book on haunted America. They wanted to do a thing called Haunted America series, so they called me because um, I was doing um, a television show in New Hampshire on broadcast TV, mind you, called Ghost Stories of New England. I did the book. Uh, the book was the Merrimack Valley. They usually like a very small local aspect of hauntings, but very steeped in the history. And I had to inform them that the Merrimack Valley is in New Hampshire and goes straight out to the ocean in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. So they said they cleared it and they said, OK. So what I did was I started like a timeline of way back with the Native Americans where the river met the road. Let's just say when it come down off the mountains. We started there with beautiful historical stories, and then we moved the timeline forward into the, you know, uh, settlement and foundations of um, the settlers in the area, and then out towards a more progressive time like today, present day. And each and every place that I talked about in the book with the history, in fact, um, one of the uh, local high schools bought a ton of the books because they liked the history so much. It was well-written well-researched. So all these places you could go and visit, that was the key for me to be able to put something down that you could go see and exchange commerce with instead of like, um, oh, I can't tell you where it is. It's a private family. I could have wrote that book in my living room for crying out loud. Really? I could sit and make the whole thing up. You know, you wouldn't know the roots and you'd have bought the thing. You know, I'm just not that way. I I just said, no, I want people to be able to go see and feel the energy that remains in these places. And I had uh, really great pictures in the book and um, like the Canopy Hall Dance uh, Hall Theater, uh, Canopy Lake Dance Hall Theater. uh, It was an amusement park at the turn of the century and it hosted the big bands. It hosted Cab Calloway all the way up to like uh, Glenn Miller and all these stars and celebrities, uh, Sonny and Cher were there. And one of the girls uh, that helped me uh, with the pictures, her father was chief of police 
decades ago. And she was a very young girl. She went in there and took pictures of, of the uh, famous people singing, rehearsing. And in her photographs, you had orbs, you had ectomist, you had things that were unexplainable and that you could not Photoshop. Right. They were done on a you know, Polaroid or a black and white that they had made up, um, you know, at a uh, film store. And it, it was incredible. So I was able to use those and put them in the book and then tell you, uh, you know, stories about how it used to be a, I was a big baseball field back there. Now it's a parking lot. And um, yeah, so you'd be able to go there. And that's Ghosts and Legends of the Merrimack Valley. You can get that at queenoftheparanormal.com. And the other book I wrote, which took quite a bit of time, um, was a ghost, and I guess it, of the of the New Hampshire Seacoast. So Ghosts of the New Hampshire Seacoast. Again, places you can drive by, get out of a car, and experience these locations. And I, I wanted to be centered only up on the seacoast. I thought that was good because the New Hampshire seacoast is very small. So mm-hmm. you can go from one end to the other all in, I think, 10 minutes just driving. <laughs> so, oh, wow. Yeah, so you're able to really get a good benefit to go to these different places. And um, yeah, it was cool. It was really cool. And again, exchanging commerce, getting to know a location that's actually there and not made up in someone's head. And uh, yeah, so that book's selling really well. Again, on the website, queenoftheparanormal.com. And on that site too, you find some cool things like white sage spray, black black salt spray, and the reason I went to do to incorporate sprays, and, and I do sell the actual product. Uh, no, I think I discontinued that, was because black salt is a staining material. It stains. It's worse than like the Sharpie markers, for crying out loud. So um, if you can make something stainless and still use it and it's potent, uh, that's great. Uh, so you don't have to, you know... Um, they put the black salt out, get it on your fingers and you get yeah, a yeah, big mess. Yeah. Same thing with the, with the sage. It's great. It's great to do smudging. It sure is. But it's not great if you have asthma or you have children that have breathing problems or you have like shag carpeting that catches on fire or something. When yeah. I did a, I did a smudging out in the woods. I was in a field and my son and I, uh, we had a signal. If I went like this, on my head, just put my hand up like whatever. He would take the camera and bring it up to the sky. That meant we have to stop right away. Uh, something bad is happening. So right. we're out doing this um, this shoot, and it it may still be up on um, on the web uh, and on YouTube at CC the Huntress because that was the name of the show at the time. I played CC Carol, um, which is easier than Karosha Ona any day of the week. So uh, we would go with that name for that show. And uh, all of a sudden he sees me going like this and I'm banging my head. And he puts it up, stops the camera. What's going on? So the ground's on fire. We had to put the fire out. And then we started up again because the smudging caught the ground on fire. This oh, is no. a joke. That is why that's the story that made me, I just said enough's enough. We have to do a white sage spray. And this mm. is not essential oils. This mm. is real white sage that I use to create the sprays. And um, when people get it, it looks a little murky. 
But when you smell it, you're going, oh, that's real sage. That's mm. real. That's not an oil, pretty smelling anything. That's the real stuff. So we do sell a heck of a lot of that. And when I do go out for investigations, which I still do because I just like it, um, I bring it out, I bring it with me, uh, whether it's a black salt spray, you know, to get rid of negative energy or it's a white sage spray to cleanse a home. Or I also use it to calm the area down. Mm. So we have an even flow of energy from the past and the future, not the future, but, you know, at present day, it crosses. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's just like when psychics do a reading, they try to get themselves in a state that's, that crosses both realms, living right. and dead. You know you can do that yourself in the middle of the night when you get up to go to the bathroom. We all go to the bathroom. Let's, hey, let's face it, we're old. <laughs> so go to the bathroom. Some of us more than others. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So we go to the bathroom. You just make sure you go to the bathroom. But then you sit back down on the bed and you're right at that in-between stage, mm. calm, quiet. <laughs> you start to write things down. This is what I tell people. Anything you could possibly think of, color orange, uh, I want a pickle, uh, what am I having for dinner tomorrow night? Um, I didn't like that movie I just watched where I went to bed. You know, write things down that pop into your head at that particular time. And then... What you do is go through your day. And then when you get home uh, after work or whatever your day consists of, look at what you wrote. You might find a direct correlation to something you were forecasting in the future, even though it was only a few hours ahead. But you need to get yourself in that state of life and death, crossing back and forth. And that's the time of day to do it when everything's relaxed and mm. your mind is clear and you just go into the bathroom. So everything's good, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so, um, that's what I tell people to do. And I've, they have found it to be extremely beneficial in helping them with their having a psychic ability. Right. Doesn't mean you're going to be that concert pianist, yeah. but you may be able to start to work with it and train yourself with it that way. Mm-hmm. And so you can amplify what ability you have. I run a Facebook group that I started about a year and a half ago. And I always tell my members, everybody has abilities. Even if you don't think you do, everybody does. But I use the analogy of athletes. It's like some people, you know, can run marathons and some of us can barely, you know, run two feet without yeah. being short of breath. It's the same with these abilities. Everybody has them, but we have them to different uh, strengths. And right. you, can, you can always hone the abilities that you have. It won't give you more, but you can strengthen what you have. Yeah, Right. And all these abilities you're born with, and I tell people, you can feel energy that doesn't match your energy instantly. Mm. Oh, no, I'm I like everybody. You know, I, I have no problem with people. And then I say, well, have you ever like walked down the street and found yourself crossing the road for no reason because someone was coming mm. or you walk way out and around or you get go into a store door? For what reason did you do that? Well, because that energy just wasn't good for you. It doesn't mean it wasn't good for somebody else. It just means right. that's what you were born with to protect yourself. Mm. And mm. people still have it to this day and they don't use it. Doesn't mean you go around, eh, you know, with a yeah, cross yeah. up with your fingers or anything. <laughs> it just means that 
that energy's not good for you. It's just saying, hey, you know, I don't feel comfortable with this. So I'm going to naturally go around it. Mm. And people, you know, they'll say, you know what? You're right. I don't know why I crossed the street. Now I do. And I said, it doesn't mean you have to actually walk by people you don't like. Yeah. But at least you know why you're not. We got that going for you now. So um, that is, you know, a way to start a conversation that, yeah, you do have an ability. You were born with it. And also I tell people, you know, you leave the house, you're in a rush and something's telling you to go on a different road. Take that different road because there may be an accident down this road or whatever. And then you go to get in work and you find out, my God, there was a tree down over there. And I would have been so late. But inherently, you knew because you were born with these abilities. It's how you foster them and grow them that matter. Right, right. And there's been documented cases like, I can't can't remember the specifics, I wish I could, of like where there was, where a plane crashed. And before that plane crashed, a huge number of people cancelled their bookings on that flight. Isn't that amazing? They just... Inherently knew. I know when nine, yeah, when nine eleven happened, um, I woke up in the morning with a headache. Mm. As the time got nearer, the headache got far worse. Then an ambulance showed up at the house and took me to the hospital. Wow! They didn't know what what was going. I've never had a headache like that in my life. And after the second plane hit and the building came down. The headache started to subside. But um, I've talked to many other people. They've said similar things mm. um, that they got violently ill. Mm. I couldn't pinpoint it to anything only because my head hurt so bad I couldn't think. Right. right. And so, um, yeah, it, it, it is amazing. Like, like you said, you have that ability with that example you just gave about canceling tickets. Yeah. Yeah. And then there was another case in Wales where all these school children were killed when a pile of slag came down on the on the school. It was all over the news, and I can't remember the town in Wales, and I couldn't pronounce it even if I could remember it. But I do, but, I do remember that incident. Yes. Yeah, but many children had dreams about it before it happened. Many parents had dreams about it, and. And some of them kept their children home because of the feeling that they had. Right. So people Again, do, you're, yeah. You're born with that, that intuition to keep you out of danger. And some people should follow it. Uh, the ones that didn't, unfortunately, you know, God pray for them. You have yeah. to pray for them. Because a lot of people, they train themselves nowadays to, oh, I don't believe in that stuff. Right. I don't that. You know, and you know, that that's really sad. I know, uh, yeah, like, like with you, I'm sure it's lots of incidents. I know that I, um, if I dream of the color white, I always tell people, don't get a, a, a you can get a cookie cutter book on dream interpretation. Just because mm-hmm. white means something to me, white does mm-hmm. not mean something to you. Uh, so there's no a standard. For it, but for me, white always means within three days. I've never ever knocking on wood in my head, um, been wrong. Something happens, and what happens is it's a the beginning of something new. Could right. be a death. That's right. the beginning of something new. A job, a wedding, a pregnancy. 
something brand spanking new. Now, my husband has, well, four grandchildren, four girls, and there's going to be another one born. So I'll be five. They just found out, this is within a three-day period now, it's going to be a boy. Um, Four girls, one boy. I said, there you go. That's it. That was the beginning of something new. That cut, you know, not another girl. It's going to be a little boy. So because white means that to me, white may mean something else to you. If I dream of orange and red, to me, someone's mad at me. I'm going to hear from it, blah, blah, blah. So I did something wrong. So, you know, um, those are the things. And so when people consult on me for like a dream interpretation, I, um, they tell me to dream and then I interpret it for them. And again, they've all liked the responses because they always end up with a positive, like I said, with everything we do, we try to take that positivity saves the day at the end. Right. positive example right and, and and like i used to do consultations for people because i'm a medium right but i always always tell members in my group if you go and see somebody for a for a reading for a consultation or whatever you want to call them even if spirit tells you off even if they tell you off you should always come away feeling positive and uplifted and comfortable with what you've been given um, I think so. It should never yeah. be insultive. It should yeah. never be hurtful, harmful. Yeah. Like, oh, you're going to die. I know <laughs> you are. Well, no shit, Sherlock. I mean, really, yeah. we yeah. all going to die. So, okay, we already know that one. <clears throat> when is it? In five minutes, 10 minutes? Let me know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think that's fair. And yeah. I, I never tell anybody that, even though I can see it, I, I just direct them to follow their uh, medical regimen. And do everything you know you're supposed to do, Uh, or get help um, like that. When I see someone who is clearly having a psychotic episode, Mm. and I think it's because it's the business you and I are in. Um, Mm. We bring out people that want to be validated for what they're hearing, yes, or seeing, yeah, that is no one else can see or hear. So they come to you, and clearly some are in there. They need help. And so as any human being should, they should point them in the direction of help and not just, you know, give them a straight reading. What you do is you start out, validate them. Yes. The other thing is let's eliminate. Uh, We have to start at a point. We're going to eliminate the health issue and then we're going to move into the paranormal issue. Have you gone to a doctor? Do you take medication? And if, if you do, then maybe you need to get a recheck and get blood balances and everything like that uh, so we can rule out all physical and then we can concentrate on the paranormal. Until you get that done, then you can come back, you know, and then we'll finish this. And sometimes I might, you know, finish on a positive note. And But to make sure that they go for help is uh, imperative. A, A lot of people, they count on you. And they count on me mm. for direction and guidance to be a counselor, and and we're not. And so what yeah. we can what we can do is, is recommend and listen to them and try to get them help. Yeah, a- absolutely, absolutely. And I always 
always, always say to my group members, you have to rule out the physical first before you even look at spiritual, even with sounds in your houses or, or you know, things like that. You need to rule out the physical first and don't automatically assume that it's a spiritual thing because that's a huge mistake. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you have to take everybody as a clean slate yeah. and not lump them into a particular category. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that's, that, that's not your business to have a, a, a predetermined uh, outcome. Like yeah. the minute you see them, oh, oh gosh, no, you yeah. brush his hair. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, you can't sit down, you smell. No. Um, I just say sit down. So we put the, you know more perfume on, whatever, when they yeah. leave. I want to be able to reach out and help and turn whatever situation that is into a positive. Um, to me, that's important. And also to be able to heal with, with the positive energy. And, and that's nice. what I do when I go to the, to the events. That's really awesome. So obviously you're very well known in the States, but where I live in New Zealand, not so well known, uh, not well, I'm sure there are people who know you, but you're not a household name in New Zealand. Oh, my goodness. No, no. And, and you know, the thing is, I I was doing the CC the Huntress up until about five years ago. So it's only been very recent that I took the jump into um, a little more um, creative, like national right. and international. And international, that only started like within a year and a half ago. So right. we're still on an upswing and we're still growing. And with being able to be on uh, Galaxy Global Television Network, now incorporating that working in conjunction with Simul TV, uh, my music jam television, and working with these people and putting a product together um, that will be seen uh, more than globally, then you then that, that'll all change. And that's coming very, very soon. And I'd love to go to New to New Zealand. I want to go see you. I'd like to have a cup of coffee. Yeah. You know? I'd like all that stuff. It'd be fun. I love girly things. <laughs> we can have a lot of fun together. You know? Yeah. And yeah. so so Comic Con, can you tell us tell my list my listeners how you got into this area? Uh, and what exactly is Comic Con for some who don't know? A Comic Con is a comic convention where they have um and they have paranormal conventions. They call them paracons. Um, I did paracons up until like five years ago when I took the step into the Comic-Con International National Arena. Um, with the paranormal cons, uh, paracons, uh, you can only sing to the choir so long you can't get out of the church. Right. My goal was to talk to as many people that I can, not in a little area that... The only ones that go to these paracons are the people who are lecturing and their vending friends. That's it. I mean, the general public, as a rule, never goes. And that's sad because you got a message. You know, it'd be nice. A lot, there's a lot of people with a lot of good message. I don't know why they're stuck in a paracon. But that's not my problem. That's theirs. So I decided to do, uh, I was asked by a gentleman, Gary Somers, if I would consider uh, doing a comic con. And um, taking the role of Queen of the Paranormal. I said, well, I've been called Queen of the Paranormal since 2007 when I did a radio show. I was Cece the Huntress, Queen of the Paranormal. Um, and a gentleman called in. He said, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to dub you Queen of the Paranormal. And I said, oh, I like that. So I trademarked it right away. 
Good for you. So I said, well, I already got the trademark on that. So he wanted to have a um, a Transylvanian name. So I'm like, what? Uh, what about my name? You know? <laughs> he said, I thought it was Cece. I said, what do you think Cece stands for? A Karosha Ona is Carolyn Ann in Polish. But my name is Karosha Ona. That's what I grew up with. So he said, that's perfect. <laughs> we, we put it there and I went to... Uh, uh, called Chiller Theater. Kevin Clement owns it. And he liked me because I was the real deal. I wasn't doing fake stuff on TV. I mean, I'm really doing it. And um, he, I've now been there eight, eight times in a row, every six months, boom, 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 where other people in the paranormal with all these, you know, hocus pocus shows and stuff can't even get on the bill. They don't even call them back. You have to be real to be there and you have to be able to pull your weight, sell those tickets. And, um, you know, then you get to come back. And, uh, so I'm very fortunate and I know it caused such a big, uh, you know, a lot of feathers got ruffled because they thought that, you know, how did she get there? She must've did something sexual to somebody or her breasts or whatever. (gasps) And, uh, it was, it's horrible. You know, body shaming is just Ah, what people do uh, when they can't think of anything else. You had to have done something. No, I I did not. I, I actually, um, you know, this gentleman offered to help me. So in return, I help other people. He gave me a hand up, not a hand out. Mm. I'm giving people a hand up not a hand out. And I've offered people to be on global access television, I mean, global, you know, television with little shows and this and that. And you'd be, you'd be amazed at the people that just look at it and go, no. And then they go on like a local cable access show in one town when you could be all over (laughs) the place. And they, they just, I don't think they understand the concept that the world is changing, technology mm-hmm. is changing, and global is here to stay, Different you know, and, um, and you'll be able to see that, you know, uh, pretty soon when we release, you know, season three and all these other things. And I know that as far as airport television, I was the first program on airport television. I've been on airport television a year and a half now. Wow. And uh, that's incredible. That's Nobody else is. I think a lot of it has to do with ruffling feathers is because I'm a girl. If I was not a girl, it would be different. I'm a girl uh, when I do the comic books. So getting back to the original question about the comic cons is, you know, they have uh, TV stars of yesteryear and present day, and they have comic heroes and People dress up like comic heroes, and right. then they have me. I am a real comic hero. I'm the first one, indisputably so, to be a superhero doing what I do in real life between the pages of a comic book. That's a historic value, not just for comic book industry, but for women. Because yes. it's usually a, a, a guy that drew a, somebody that's a fake character. Yeah. I'm 100% real doing this. And um, the first people to ever be themselves were uh, Roy Rogers and Dale Evans. And they had a TV show in 1934 in the United States. They, they, it was a cowboy show. They took that and put it into comic book form, but they weren't a superhero. I took right. that one. So um, 
I feel to get the word out and to work with Comic Con is very hard being a woman because they just want to eh, shut her up, put her over there. Yeah, uh, but yeah. no, no, we work hard and I have the guts and the stamina. I have a very thick skin and I'm just going to, you know, champion for other women um, that come behind me and help them get a leg up, you know, or hand up. Um, I don't believe in giving a hand out. I believe yeah. in helping people take their careers and achieve their goals. They need to do the legwork. I, I can absolutely. I can make the introductions. I can do whatever. But um, and I've done that with many people. And um, I think it's important that we keep you know paving it forward for people. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't think you see a man doing that. And uh, I think that's too bad. That's yeah. that's just that's just too bad. And you know uh, I have to be who I am. And I help others. I help, you know, animals. And you know, that's what I do. I'm busy all the time. I never have it any other way. Never. That's so awesome. Tell us a bit about how this comic came about. Well, I was at a Comic Con. In, it's called Old Comic Con. And it was out in Omaha, Nebraska, and in uh, Oaks Bluff, uh, Iowa. That is, uh, you cross the, the, the river there and you're in Iowa. But it is... They all consider it the same area. So I was there with a bunch of stars, and a gentleman walked up to me, called, uh, his name is Charles uh, Moiseth, and he is one of the owners of uh, Silver Phoenix uh, Entertainment or comic publishers. And he said, I'd like to do a comic book for you, with you. I said, oh, that, you know, who wouldn't want that? Ooh, <laughs> 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 I'll go do that. So sure, I said, but one thing, it has to be real to what I do. I don't want it. I don't mind it embellished list comic book, but we really have to stick to the focus of real. Right. Me doing this. And when I did that, and when uh, then a comic historian who was the author, uh, Brian K. Morris uh, from Rising Tide Publications, he's authored all of the things we've done and, and projects. Um, he called me up. He says, You're not going to believe this, but I've been doing research and I, I can clearly say, you're the first person in comic book history to do what she does in real life as a superhero between the pages of a comic book. And um, because, and I was like, oh my God. So I did research. I had other people do research and it's true. I even put it out on Facebook, find someone. Nobody can find anybody. It's, it's me. I, I used to be a cop and um, it's not that I go looking for superhero things, but I, I, I kicked a door down, got a dog out of a burning building. I, I rescued kids from the world. You name it. I've been shot at. I've been stabbed. Wow. And um, I kicked a gun out of a would-be school shooter's hand who was trying to shoot me. And I, it's not that I don't have a fear. I was scared to death. But I, I have a reactionary thing where I react. Right. Some people don't react. This is Stan Frozen. That doesn't mean they're bad people. It just means that's the way your body is. That's what's happening. Yeah. It's you know, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. But um, so because of those things, uh, you know, that, that so-called superhero thing was, was cloned. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's me. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm really here. I'm here. I mean, I'm flesh and blood. And the other ones are made up characters. And, I feel as a woman, I have to work harder. And as a woman, I will champion this cause. 
um, for other women to be able to come up behind me and not have it as difficult that's as awesome. I do being recognized for uh, the historic comic status. Yeah, that's awesome. And and any listener can get a copy of the comics from your website, correct? Right, queenoftheparanormal.com. We have uh, the original comic book. And we also have the other, co- we have two comic books up there for sale. We'll have a third one coming out. We're doing a Kickstarter plan for that. And that's with uh, Ron Russell and Jimmy Starr and Anlene Shapiro. Great, great bunch of people to go ghost hunting with. And funnier than all get out, uh, we wrote the comic book based on, uh, Brian Morris wrote the comic book based on a trip we took out to Kings Park Asylum. And uh, another side note is I've been able to go into many locations that they forbid even television shows to go into because I keep the historic perspective of the building and I don't run around, oh, my God, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) What you get, we we film it, and what you see is what's happening, you know, when it's happening. And you can hear voices. You can hear all this crazy stuff. It's called a real ghost hunt. But what is so cool about it is Ron Russell is hysterical. He's a funny man. And he just had us all laughing until we scared him. And then he's screaming like a baby. And so we, did the, we filmed it and it went viral. It did. So then we got the idea, let's do the comic book, Celebrity Ghost Hunters. And um, so it was all based on that uh, film that went viral. And we did another ghost hunt and we kind of combined everything together uh, to come up with a you know a nice story for the comic book, so that'll be coming out very very soon. And then I'm working on another comic book with a whole with a different kind of application. I want um, I got some ideas. Uh, I have some ideas. Maybe not so much uh, like with an artist drawing, but being in front of a green screen and turning me mm-hmm. into the character. Gotcha. Uh, they have apps for that. Mm-hmm. So you you can, it, it's a different way. And mm-hmm. Not that I feel I have more control. I just thought it would give a, a cute little dynamic or aspect to uh, different things. And again, we, we do the healing thing and, you know, positivity and stuff like that. But um, yeah, that comic book is going to be an absolute riot. We have opportunities for people to uh, be in the comic book with us, whether it's a rock star or whatever, or ghosts on the wall. So they can all feel that part of it, you know? And it's a great thing for the LBGTQ community because we support that. They're involved in it. I'm involved in it. Eileen's involved in it. And I think it's the right thing to do. And we push that goal um, forward. And we're, we're all blended and united um, throughout the world. So that, that's what we like to keep it in perspective there. Oh, that's awesome. That sounds really, really exciting. Oh, how exciting for you. And uh, are there any, do you have any appearances coming up for my listeners in the States? I have Northeast Comic Con Collectors Extravaganza. And that will be Thanksgiving um, weekend, day after Thanksgiving. Uh, all the way for three days, that Friday, Saturday, Sunday at the end of October. Thank you very much for your time. It's been a really, really interesting conversation. Well, thank you too. I enjoyed it. Hey, everyone in New Zealand and across the world. Oh, my God. I'm coming <laughs> to see you soon. I will. I promise you I will do that.
musical score today is called Dark Walk by Kevin MacLeod, licensed under Creative Commons. For more information, check out this episode's page on the podcast website at www.walkintheshadowlands.com. If you have any suggestions for topics you might like me to cover in upcoming episodes when I return, then please don't hesitate to contact me. Or if any of you have any questions or any comments that you'd like to make or experiences that you might like to share with myself and my audience, then just email me at shadowlands at yahoo.com. If you enjoyed this episode, then please leave a positive rating and don't be shy to leave a written review on Apple Podcasts or on your chosen podcasting platform. Who knows? You may hear your review read out at the end of one of these podcasts. And of course, so you don't miss out on any episode, make sure you subscribe on your favourite podcasting platform. This podcast is available on all free podcasting platforms and available from iHeartRadio as well. If you don't have a smartphone, then you can listen to the episodes on the podcast website. For those hearing impaired, there's a full written transcript of each episode on the website, so you don't miss out at all. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell your workmates about our show. Encourage them to listen and to subscribe also. The more, the merrier. Check out our Facebook page, Walk in the Shadowlands, our Instagram feed of the same name, and our Twitter feed, at Shadowlands10. Like and follow for hints on our upcoming episodes or join our Facebook group also called Walking the Shadowlands. Thank you so much for listening. Tonight, today, wherever you are in this beautiful world of ours, we'll see you this time next week. Thanks for listening. 